Hello and welcome to the Behind the Wheel podcast, the culmination and brainchild of my own love for cars, but also my determination to ensure that nobody ever goes through what I've been through. That is hating their nine to five and living only for the weekends. I am so, so glad to have Arash here on the podcast. Arash is the founder of Arash Motor Company, a world-renowned brand behind the AF8, AFX8 and the AF10, a 2080 brake horsepower monster capable of doing 0-60 in a mind-numbing 2.8 seconds and onto a top speed of 201 miles per hour. Successfully launching a brand is hard enough. Staining a business at the forefront of speed, technology and performance in the notoriously challenging automotive space for over 20 years is something else. Having his brand featured in Top Gear, Royist Car Buzz, Car Magazine, Auto Car, Car Throttle and a string of high profile automotive news outlets. Making cars that rival not just supercars but hypercars including the Bugatti Chiron, McLaren P1, the LaFerrari and the Koenigsegg. It's easy to forget that behind this brand is a small team based in Suffolk led by a man who, unlike the rest of us mere mortals who just dream of owning a hypercar, one day woke up in the morning and said, I'm going to make one. So uh, today we go into the mind of the man who is behind almost exclusive high-performance automotive brands in the world. You just cannot please everybody. You don't need to please everybody's professional team. Shit, it's like, hang on, this guy advertising the back cover of Ford Sport. He's a kid. He don't know what he's doing and he's made a car. And it looks all right. <laughs> that's just that's unbelievable. Uh, you, you, you don't you can't you don't really give up on things like this, do you? You can't you gone that far. You don't give up. You just sort of, you keep going until you're not not until you. I always say you got. I, I will keep going until I can't. Arash Fabood, welcome to the podcast, man. Thanks for having me. I Arash. Today, I I woke up wondering wondering whether to have cornflakes or Cocoa Pops. How on earth do you wake up in the morning and decide, yeah, I'm going to launch a supercar company, man? Like, how does that work? <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> my story is very weird and complicated, but I'll do the simple version. Uh, I like cars, decided to make one for myself because I couldn't really afford like a hypercar. Those days, there were only a few. There's like Ferrari F40, McLaren F1, Porsche 959. And, uh, you couldn't even find them. It's like, hi, where do these cars exist? There were no dealers those days like it was today. You could go to a Ferrari dealer and they go, <laughs> what are those old bangers? Why? <laughs> <laughs> not now <laughs> i almost bought a ferrari f40 i remember the guy saying why would you buy this it's probably gonna be a good car isn't it it's quite famous enzo's last car i uh, couldn't get any nine five so i had to just i uh, just did one for fun i just did it for fun so i made uh, a porsche 1998 le mans winning car because i went to le mans and i saw the car win there and me and my brother were walking around in the paddock those days. Le Mans was proper, not busy. It was busy, but it wasn't like it is today. It was just tents and people, you know, uh, 
pitching up with small stands and Porsche had their awning and this white car parked outside a bit like Goodwood in the olden days or like any of these car meets it's very much like that those days at Le Mans and uh, I said to my brother I was you know we should get one we should make one shouldn't we I don't think we can buy one <laughs> he goes I dare you <laughs> <laughs> So I bought this model car. It was a dare. So 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 it was a dare. It was a dare. <laughs> oh my God. So he goes, You're mad. I'm like, just give it a whirl, shall we? <laughs> and um so I bought this model car and it was signed by Alan McNish, who won Le Mans. I met Alan McNish a week later at Goodwood. Um and I was with my mate Mike Lee, who was the sales guy. Um I bought my nine six eight club sport and uh you know i was a porsche guy those days because i had a dealership next to me so it was really easy hello can i come and have a look at the window you know and i'm still friends with mechanic that did my unofficial apprenticeship i want to see him every saturday i'm still friends with him comes over see me now and again and uh, i said to alan Manish, you know was it like driving for 48 <laughs> 24 hours <laughs> no i don't think i could watch television for 24 <laughs> hours let alone drive you can see this. it's like mm, good point <laughs> it wasn't easy <laughs> so uh and uh i took lots of pictures of that car and i went home and i, I just bought uh, made a, a wooden model of it and I said yeah that's pretty good i try and do it in foam so i made a hot wire cutter out of a battery transformer and some wire and i cut all this foam and stuck it together was it and was then it, was it just you at the time it's just me, yeah. It's, it's just me in my dad's old warehouse uh, right at the back. You know, it's quite cold. Then I, I got a couple of guys who were doing the body work at the Porsche dealership, you know, body repairs. They came over and they put body filler on it, and it looked really amazing. I think they were they were overwhelmed by it because it's such an extreme shape. Um, and, you know, what was really weird as a kid, you know, 22-year-old 20, kid was doing something that even the big guys were doing. Um, you know, it's literally putting material over foam, cost effective and fast and everything else. We took moulds off of it and made a car and we used an Ultima GTR chassis. Um and a guy called John, I can't remember his surname, and modified the back to put a Porsche engine in it. It was just kind of be like Irish's replica, who cares, you know, a bit of fun. And uh that was it. Uh took I mean to make it really double fun. <laughs> I decided to take it to the Autosport show because uh, my friend was working for Autosports, Rick Parfit, and uh, he said, can you, do you want to advertise? Said, yeah, I had some advertising budget. It was literally, had some budget to throw away every month, literally. I could, you know, it's like 800 quid, put it on the outside back cover of Autosport. And then it started getting a bit serious because people were like, who is this guy? <laughs> He's got a Le Mans car. Oh it isn't even God. built it it's just pictures of one and we hadn't built it by then but then i delivered it the auto sport show the next year it's like hang on this guy advertising the back cover of water sport he's a kid he don't know what he's doing and he's made a car and it looks all right <laughs> that's just that's unbelievable did you you know when you started making like when you first started you know making this thing um did you have yeah. an intention to turn it into a business never nah no, no, there's no money in sports cars or competing with these big guys, is there? It's, it's um, it's, uh, nah, I just wanted to be a hobby. I just make one and that's it. And then the problem, though, the problem for me was if I, I sold my mum and dad's family B 
business. They're getting older. So I helped them sell it. So I was bound by this no compete for two years, not three, because I thought it was such a so irrelevant. <laughs> and he gave me a two year one. <laughs> it's like a driving ban, but you're bad for only two weeks rather than the whole year. Because <laughs> you're not that crap. <laughs> so yeah, and uh, so I, had, like, I couldn't do anything. I couldn't do anything in the proper job world. So um and you know, they had they made a bit they made a bit of money and they gave me a bit of a bonus to say, you know well done and i was stuck doing just cars that was it it's a bit like the war you know the germans weren't allowed to make airplanes and tanks and all that sort of stuff they only stuck to make cars so they made really good cars because that's all they were allowed to do and that's why well, i'm not saying that my cars is good as the germans just to make cars <laughs> so, so i made cars and live life you know um enjoyed enjoyed making uh the gts car which was the next one after the gt or lm um and that was taken quite seriously we invested heavily in that and you know team of 25 people almost bought the airfield with the runway that we had on it i remember christian koenigsegg was you know we were talking to each other and i think he he bought his runway in in, in sweden and i i think everyone thought i had bought my runway but it, it, the deal didn't go through it was such a political nightmare why should irish buy our runway because he will turn it into a profitable business that's what you want right no no can't have him can't have him do that why why he's got a sports car company we can turn it into a good you know, restaurant a museum it's, it's good for everyone right no no can't Mm-mm. So I got kicked out. It's like, wow. Oh, man. So, yeah, I managed to hold things together. and We carried on doing GTS, and then I licensed it to somebody else to manufacture for me because uh, I didn't think it would ever take off. When you, um, really when, you look, when, when you look back at those early days, Arash, like when you um, kind of reflect on it, what was probably the hardest, the hardest aspect of taking – that car and turning it into a business like what would you say was the hardest the hardest bit for you i think not listening to the um, well the hardest thing's always been money you know coping with cash flow and um having the right team around you mm. You have to have the right team around you when you're building these emotional products. If you've got any clowns in your, <laughs> your <laughs> wreck your company, <laughs> so uh, you know you've got to really choose your team that are on on the right mindset. And it's very yeah. difficult with sports cars because it's a frivolity, isn't it? In some respects, kind of. But also, it's a very it's a very hard industry to compete in right i mean unless you've yeah. got yeah i mean you know i mean you know the, the thing that i'm always kind of reminded of is unless you've got like barrels and barrels and barrels of cash it's hard mm. to really compete but what i find quite interesting is the fact that you've 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 competed and you've you're still around um in a space that is so so competitive um how did it ever kind of come to your mind that you know what I'm going to just, just give up. Like, like, did it ever, like, did you ever have that moment? <laughs> Many times. All the time. 
all the time. Some I wake up in the morning and go, go back to bed. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't go back to bed. That'd be very lazy. No, it's like, do something else today. This isn't going to go anywhere. Oh, all the time, too, too many times. You're going to work. So what's, what's the point of this? Wrong team, yeah. wrong product, run out of money, politics, market sex has changed. Uh, something's broken, something's damaging, something's um, potentially uh, going to hurt somebody, so we need to, you know, address it. Uh, is this really good for society? What's, I mean, I've lost count. Yeah. What you always have you, a good... What, 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 what's your kind of, what's your, what keeps you going, man? I don't know. <laughs> it's, just, it's all I know. <laughs> I think that what it is. It's all I know. Yeah. So it's it, it's um, it it's that uh, uh, you, you you don't you can't you don't really give up on things like this, do you? You can't you've gone that far. You don't give up. You just sort of you keep going until you're not not until you i always say you got I, I will keep going until i can't yeah with most things so like if you're going for a chopping trip we'll keep going until we can't shall we we'll have a cup of tea <laughs> or you keep going in that running thing if you can't run anymore just stop <laughs> or if you're cycling and you get very tired you can just stop you can do it again or same with business, you know, uh, other businesses, if it doesn't work out, you can always stop, rejiggle, yeah. go again. And same with the car company. How many models have I made? Seven? GT, GTS, AFA, AFA, Cassini, AFA, Goodwood, AF, ND, Folk, oh my gosh, AF10, AF10R, AFX, AFXA, AFXR now, Imperium. Oh, we've got another model which we haven't even released. That took two years to design. Completely top secret. I literally oh, um, took, you know, poured my whole heart onto the drawing board. Um, and that one, no one's seen it. That is a, it's a jewel. Me and one guy, we work together. I mean, it was very fun, I have to admit. <laughs> it was, we had an absolute honeymoon period for two years. Is it? Is it? Am I oversimplifying it when when it comes to like a day in your life where you kind oh. of you kind of go into a room and say, right, we're going to create a car today. And is it just like let your mind go, <laughs> just, just go free? Like, because like when I when I was scrolling through your website and like, you know, there's references to like space and, you know, um, all this kind of next level stuff and i was like man like the guy who's written this who's come up with stuff he, he, he just kind of let the let the mind gone free you just just go crazy like is that how it works for you yeah <laughs> why would it not <laughs> i mean we don't have that many restrictions i mean currently i mean our biggest restriction is supply set but supply sets changing with 3d printing and 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 knowledge so it used to be like you can't make that bracket why not well, it's not possible to make it is it mate 
Why? It's got four bends in it. Oh. Can I put a fifth bend in it? No way! You can't do that. Oh, what, what do I do instead? Well, you have to machine it, mate. So I have to machine it. And that would take forever because there'd be a machinist next to me in the building and he'd be whinging about everything. Then you go to the professional machinist and you go, well, you need to buy five of these because uh, it's going to take me time to do it. Nowadays, I can send it off to a machinist around the world, China, and it'll come back in two days to me in perfect condition. A bit like an iPhone, which is made in China. <laughs> so uh, the world has changed a bit step further. I've got a thing. I've got a few things in my office where I press play and it prints it for me. That's brilliant. So if I need a bracket or a component or an air duct or an air vent or a light pack or a handle or a door handle or a, an insert or a carbon fiber part that needs to be put inside a chassis or a, a widget or a pedal, or whatever, I just press play and it just builds. Or I can speak to one of my partners and they'll send it to me finished, faster, more efficient, lighter than anything that's machined. Yeah. So that the world has changed from supply set now. Um, electric motors are still, you know, I can't say too much, but we, England is still the king of the high-performance electric motor. Uh, the battery, I think we still are the kings and queens of the, of the battery pack, the high, high-output battery pack. Um, with Formula E and Williams and all that sort of stuff. Um so yeah, I think t- today the supply ch- set is the hardest challenge to 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 to, to do it. Yeah. Um, where'd you get your um? Where'd you get your kind of your inspiration from? Science fiction movies. <laughs> yeah, science fiction, and I've got a place called Duxford, which isn't too far away from me. I've been there probably a thousand times. They've got Concord in there as well. I've been on that 350 times. It's still epic when you go up the stairs and go in and go, ooh, the smell, you know, the seats and the controls. And it's so tiny and big wings and big limp smegma jets, you know, and the nose. It's just literally around the corner from me, Duxford. So I've been on that. And that gives you lots of inspiration, all the jet designs and, you know, uh, I mean, Concord was made by drawing board, not by CAD. So, uh, yeah, that that and science fiction movies. So, science fiction movies are kind of predicting where we want to go, and they're also inspiration for designers and creatives <laughs> to go there. <laughs> but they did that in Space Odyssey two thousand one. What's it called? I don't know. iPad. <laughs> <laughs> go with that then <laughs> work for kubrick and um and um i can't remember the writer uh and you know they they they, they did you know facetime didn't they? there's a scene in 20 2001 space odyssey where the guy's sitting in that room speaking to his son on earth as he's on the spaceship so these guys you know um oh, i can't remember his name brilliant brilliant writer um not antonov um Arthur C. Clarke, old yeah, Arthur. Yeah, yeah. Arthur's brilliant. Is you should watch his little video in the nineteen sixties of explaining the future. He goes, and men will not be travelling every day for work. They will only be travelling for recreational purposes. 
Wow. <laughs> men, will, men and women will not be um, communicating using your current form of telephone. They'll be using tele- television-style devices. And this is in the 1960s, the city oh of God. tomorrow. You know, cities will not be built to be just uh, for working. There will be places for living where people can work from home. 1960s. This is Arthur C. Clarke who did the 2001. So I'm highly inspired by uh, science fiction. So I spend a lot of time watching science fiction movies. Love them. Because it's kind of, there are no holds barred, right? Like you were saying with cars. Mm. With science fiction... It's just a little bit wild, yeah, yeah. Yeah, do we? So if you've got that notion of do whatever you want. Yeah. Where does your your love for cars come from? Hmm. Uh, I think it's from my dad's Mercedes-Benz S-Class. I've seen the video. Of, yes, uh, where you had all your cars, and there was uh, one of them was 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 the S class, right? That's it. Yes, yeah, still in my office. It's still there. Wow, it's still there, still there. Uh, yeah, I think that was because it was kind of. Um, I think that really triggered it because we had to go and collect it from Germany. Me and my brother and my dad. So we flew over, which was the fun bit. Aeroplane, ooh. you know, airport. Wow. <laughs> arrive what do you mean dad we're driving home oh, i got really upset me and my brother we want to go back on an airplane no we're taking this car that we've just bought to england okay so we're sitting there it's like wow it's quite a nice car it's comfortable it's, it smells nice it's got this funny ring with a star in the middle of the front of it um and it's quite fast and it's got wood on the interior and um when you arrived home, it became like a bit of a status symbol for my dad. You know, dad's got a Mercedes S-Class. It was a 280, not 500 or 560 or 500. You know, it was the, the poorest Mercedes you could get because he bought it cash, you know, because he saved his pennies because he's of that generation. And it had no central, oh no, it had central locking, had no electric windows, and it had one wing mirror. That's how they supply it those days. One wing mirror. So you had to buy a second wing mirror and um, it, it had one of those aerials that you had to pull out. Oh, my God. very embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you got an electric one. That was so cool. I saw it in a Rolls Royce. I thought, wow, that's so cool. Got to get one of those. 80 quid Halfords now. No one has an electric aerial, do they now? But it looked really cool the way it went up and went down. It came up. Sci-fi. And uh, I think the love of looking after it and cleaning it and the, the slight status symbol aspects is that, you know, you're not, you're not Bob, you're Bob with a Merc, you know, ooh, you must be an important person, you must be an intelligent guy, you must be an interesting guy, something like that, which he, he, he had. Um, and I just, and I felt it. And, you know, the car was really nice to clean as well, polished, looked good. And it all started with that. And then, um, uh and then um i i was coming up to my driving test date and my dad mum bought me a metro and i loved it metro you know the the 1.1 lease i used to use it to drive backwards and forwards from london cambridge where i lived to, to london uh university i was in mile end road in the east end of london so I used to drive and i just literally put my foot <laughs> 
hearing world would wobble. <laughs> and 1.1, it, it did 110 miles an hour. Bloody hell. Wow. Yeah, 110. You know, not that I'd ever admit I was doing 110 miles an hour in a 70 zone in the 1990s, but no one, there were no lorries on the roads, nothing on the road. It was just, you know, just, I only got to 110 a couple of times, you know. But it did do it. But it, it would, it, I just loved having this ownership of this car, although it was an awful car in retrospect, but it wasn't that awful. Um, and I, I then got a, a the ability to buy a car so me and my brother could have a car each my brother got a jeep which he still has and i got golf gti oh right okay so yeah that was your first, that was your second car i guess that's my second well there was another car in between which was called a uh, ford orion oh god yeah that was amazing <laughs> it was it was amazing it was 16 valve four-cylinder rocket ship <laughs> i love driving that car what what's your favorite car that you've either owned or currently own too many to list really um cool uh i've had i've had a lot of pleasure um with the 968 Club Sport Porsche. Yeah. Still yeah. got that car. But it, it's only a chassis, though. Sadly, it went in a fire. That's all I was allowed to keep was the chassis. So I've still got it. I've still got the car. <laughs> You've got the ashes, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it's, it's the chassis immaculate. It needs a respray, but i still yeah. got the car. You know, it's like a pet. You can't let go of it sort of thing. Uh, that's probably the, the ultimate car because it's a perfect weight balance. Uh, you can steer it on the accelerator pedal. Sound engine sounds amazing. You're a total track hero with it on track because it's so, so smooth through the corners. Um, really nice finish on it. Uh, no faff inside it. Probably one of the greatest cars ever made of all time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, just, just something that kind of, um, occurs to me a lot is, um, uh, when you, when you're starting off and you are um, trying to create something out of nothing, um, yeah. it, it can it. There's people around you sometimes who um, can sometimes not believe in your vision, not believe in what mm. you're trying to do. And I suppose um, have you ever had that? And how do you kind of um, battle through that? Because it can be quite tough. Like, like you know, trying to keep going when other people aren't necessarily as supportive of your of your vision if that makes sense generally it depends on who owns who is wearing the crown is 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 my sort of um psychology so if if you're in a group and you have a leader, um, it is it is a balancing act to make sure that the leader is supported, but is also fairly given information and not um, uh, not set to be overthrown. So there's a respect thing. Um, 
so a leader of an organization has a vision and you you are sort of from my good employee years i just support them with with good intentions good intentions so um hey if you get the bonus it's a bonus it's just a bonus but i'm not going to come in to just get the bonus i'm going to come in because i love my team um not all of them you can only you're never going to please one out of five you're never ever going to please out of a team um those that you do get on with you know you stick with them so it's usually a two or a three or a four Mm. from what i've experienced and what i see um and um if the idea is starting to convert into something real that's useful to society that's pretty amazing and i you know there are certain words and certain behaviors i've seen over the years with the multiple businesses i've been involved with where it's kind of whoa the market's accepting or they like it or it's converting or uh there's an element of competition appearing out of nowhere so that's like you make a widget and you go i don't know what this widget's for but it's really good <laughs> in my opinion yeah. because it's blue or this one's gray and then the market says really we want a blue one and so you make a blue one and the market goes i'm having loads of those then suddenly this widget competitor appears and you go wow that widget that i designed <laughs> we were pushing has now got competition you wouldn't have ever thought that would you and those those are the sort of psychologies and behaviors that i really enjoy showing that that first idea of being foolish and hungry or stupid or whatever the word is and inquisitive and a bit foolish with any product or service um is where uh you you get that joy of um of of of, of a success so to answer the question leadership is is kind of like depends on who's wearing the crown now, if the yeah. crown is won by somebody you don't get on with, you don't like, you don't respect, then you need to readjust. What about like, in, fr- yeah? What, what what about like friends and family? Like, did you kind of um, did you ever have a situation where you know um, that the people closest to you um, weren't necessarily as as supportive of, of of what you were trying to do? Uh, I worked for my dad for many years, twenty years. So at work, he was the boss. And when I came home, he was my dad. Yeah. So it worked. Um, as long as you didn't, as long as you very consciously didn't cross those boundaries in any way, which is very difficult to do. Um, it would, it would, it worked. Um, but you know, I, I kind of positioned myself as only being able to do the things I was capable of doing and not overstepping the mark of trying to do the things I couldn't do. So I couldn't sell or I couldn't do accounts or I couldn't do in those days. Uh, um, quality assurance. I could do it. I find it very boring. <laughs> this part looks good. This part looks the same as the previous part. They are both good. This part has a serial number that I agree with. This part complies to the regulation 1123 that we both agree with. I couldn't do that, but I respected it because I needed to make sure that, that part that really, yeah, yeah. you know regulates one one two three allowed me to sell it, and the customer was happy, and I could go in and go, you know, it's got regulation one one two three. Do you like it? <laughs> <laughs> so that, those are the days where it, everything kind of mattered with the team around you. 
But yes, um, you can never satisfy everybody. One in five will hate you. Two out of five will accept you. Three out of five will love you. Does that add up? <laughs> Three plus two plus one. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds about right. Sounds about right. Yeah, it's about right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, six. <laughs> Even I can't do it. Like. It's six. Or it's dyslexic. Six. There we go. It's something like that. But yes, you can't please everybody. And if you accept that, then you 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 will go far. You just cannot please everybody. You don't need to please everybody, especially in a team. You just stick with the people that sort of you get on with. Those that you don't get on with or really rub your wrong way, I kind of don't waste my time and I just ignore or avoid. Yeah. Yeah. Cheesy battles. Yeah, I know. Um, I know. One thing that I get asked a lot is, you know, uh, Mo, I get your point. Do what I love, but um, there are. But what what I get a lot of is, how do I know? Like, how do I know what I've got? A, what I've got an interest in, or what I've got a passion for? Um, what would be your sort of advice for those people that are struggling, especially the younger people who are you know, going through the kind of usual you know, school, college, they're thinking about university, but they're not too sure. Um, what would you kind of advise those people who are not too sure what they want to, what they want to build their life around? It's really like a restaurant. So if you want to, you can go to the same restaurant every day. You can go to, I don't know, uh the italian restaurant around the corner every day hey the italian food in that restaurant's going to be magical but if you went to the indian restaurant the chinese the greek one the fast food chain the ivy and you're going to find out which restaurant you really like and the values in each of them that are really important to you so by being a bit foolish and a bit inquisitive I'll try that one. It looks awful in there. Just go and try it. You go in there, food's really great because they spend all their time on the food and not on all the fake interior, although it's clean. You've seen that, you've heard that expression many times before, haven't you? So you can go to another restaurant, it looks fantastic. It's got all the ball balls bouncing around everywhere, you know, flashing lights, food is horrific. You know, do you like it in there? Well, to be fair, I like it in there because the music's good. So I'll keep going there. The food's rubbish, but I'm not here for the food, right? Yeah. yeah. So, and that's the thing thing with 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 work, society, and life is, unless you go and have a little play around everywhere and try things out, you're never going to know. Now, some of you might be introvert, and some of you might be extrovert. If you're extrovert, then go fill your boots, travel, you know, get an airplane, do one of those trail blinder tickets, and fly around everywhere, and you know, do the Forrest Gump. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why everything. Yeah, it's, it's it, everything. When you're young, because yeah. you, it's not as easy when you're older, when you've got kids and a mortgage and a house. And you know what? Age. I remember you said this earlier, actually, when we were having a little, a little preacher, and it's so true. Like, when you're young, your outgoings are like so minimal that like, you can afford Nothing. to be really, really kind of risky. I mean, well, risky and, and, um, you know, and, and, and not work for like three months whilst you try and, go to Peru and explore the delights of coffee farming because you've always had a love for coffee. Brilliant. Off you go, you know. Yes. Um, Forrest Gump it. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. So just you have you have no overheads when you're a kid. You don't have a credit card. Yeah, and let's face it, it's not gonna be that high. They don't give you that. They don't give you a fifty thousand pound credit <laughs> limit, do they? Um, you don't have a mortgage because you don't really want one. Um, you don't have a huge car finance because it's going to be a second-hand banger or whatever yeah, or yeah. You know, my dad's car. Yeah. So your overhead's quite low. Um, and in today's society, you're not going to starve. Exactly. If you're not, you know, if, if you're not doing anything extra quickly crazy, yeah. you're not going to starve. You will, you will, you'll be all right. So, um, for for a vast proportion of the um, of the, the worlds that we're we're used to, I can't comment on other other countries or or um, nations we haven't visited. I don't know, but from what I've seen, the ones I don't know and hear about, um, they they have a good life. Yeah. <laughs> they're farming. <laughs> they're growing. <laughs> Uh, they're, they're helping they're doing um you know they're they're, they're living off the fat land or helping society from the ones i've heard of i can't speak entirely i don't know what it's like in siberia or argentina in areas or parts of india or parts of africa i know lo- i hear lots of stories of africa my friends who live in africa they say similar things um so yes you you, you have a chance to do whatever you want at a young age because you've got time and energy and not too many uh shackles so a credit card mortgage, car finance yeah. mortgage yeah. are shackles yeah. yeah um and you know money we were talking about it is just most possible way it's just debt you know yeah. as yeah. in it's borrowed against something to be able to do something you know there's no point having a house that's fully paid for and you can't buy food so or you can't you have to have a bit of everything don't you so uh you have to do proof of work so yeah. you can wash somebody's car next door and it gives you enough money to buy food the, the 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 crazy bit is when you invest that money that you should be for food and whatever you get shackled into doing something stupid like new pairs of nike trainers every week or mm. you know those clothes that you know, because they look cool in the magazine subscriptions or um unnecessary high value luxury items that really you know are not that critical but um society's built us in a way that consumerism is 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 critical for the flow of debt the flow of debt unless you buy stuff from me my debt will increase in order for me to decrease my debt i need to buy stuff i have to buy i have to buy stuff from my suppliers so um that that debt and creditor thing is is that balance really so it's a flow so uh i think the biggest tragedy is to do a job or a career that you hate day in day out so what so what degree do you think that um i mean i want to go one step further it's, it's something I, I i think about a lot you know having um having a daughter like what two two and a half months ago now and you know i i i, I think about the traditional schooling system and yeah. traditional kind of way about mm-hmm. as a society we we see success and 
you know, I often wonder to what degree is our current educational system still fit for purpose, right? Um, have you got any thoughts on that? Um, uh, society is based on varying personalities so you can't have all entrepreneurs or all crazies you know you have to have a blend the belkin models you know you have to have the thinker doer the creator the leader the farmer so not everybody's built to be an entrepreneur because it is highly um wrong word it's just not it's just not built for everybody you know i mean this the company i work with have done for i mean certain characters i sit down with them say you know how's it going with this do you like this you know do you want to do any more than this no i don't i'm really happy where i am i'm not comfortable about doing anything other than that and i really love my life and you know i will not push them any further than you know are you happy do you want to try something else you know and it, they go no I'm, I'm this is my bandwidth and then you know sometimes i'll say well should we try doing this you know should we try do you want to take this position it's like you know no i do not want to take that position i do not want the responsibility of no benefit and you know there's just a couple of personalities i've known and i say do you need a manager? And they go, no, I don't need a manager. I am the manager, but I don't have a manager's title because I don't need managing. This team works. I said, do you want to, what do you need? Possibly a pay rise. Okay. So they end up with a pay rise. They don't have a manager's title and they do a much better job than I can contemplate. Certain people, depends on their life, I've found, in the organisations I'm working with, they 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 are at that stage in life that they want that mortgage they want that house they want to fulfill that need they're meeting you know they want that promotion and they're prepared to drive and do the next thing celebrate with them and then you know i celebrate with people that said i don't want to hit, i don't want to work here anymore i've had enough i'm going i found a job so it's just great congratulations i'm proud of working with you and working here and and I, I hope what you've done over here has given you that opportunity to go to where you need to go next. And always celebrate when someone leaves because we've done a good job for them. So yeah, yeah. the entrepreneur isn't for everybody. Uh, and it, if you want to be doing something on a regular basis, we are grateful for it because without these characters and personalities and and individuals we cannot function absolutely i think and i think i think um my 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 view is that i think i think the way that we are currently taught in schools is geared towards a particular type of person right and i don't know to what degree it stifles creativity and entrepreneurship i don't know but it's something that i've been thinking about a lot you know to 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 what degree do schools and colleges kind of, you know, um, encourage um, uh, people who 
perhaps have aspirations to be you know innovators and creators and people who want to be in an uncertain <laughs> uh, in that uncertain space to what do we does it actually encourage that and i don't know what the answer is but it's 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 got me thinking yeah i mean the education system is is very flawed it's, it's going to have to change um it's, it, it, i think it's naturally changing <laughs> So I think uh, in the olden days, if you had a bit of money, you'd be sent to a private school and you'd have a small group of people. Um, You'd have a very uh, one-on-one education. You'd have all the facilities to try different restaurant meals out with, as we were explaining earlier on. Um, You'd have a sense of, um, of... of community with the uniform, the crest, and all this sort yeah. of stuff. Uh, the pub, you know, the, the private school, public, um, the, the stand, you know, the standard for everybody's school, should we say, um, was equally as good. You'd, um, numbers were lower those days, uh, and you could try different things out. And why would you go to university? That's crazy. Just get a job. Until a few people went to university, and it's like, damn. It's just one giant party at the first bit, and then it gets to me. And they give you this like piece of paper that says you can earn a bit of money. It's amazing. And if you work a little bit longer, they give you this thing that says PhD. And then you're a doctor that doesn't even have to deal with bodies. <laughs> so that sort of hearsay grew. Um, today, the information transfer is so vast that competitive advantage is getting tougher. And the population's bigger, and the landmass has not changed. So uh, schooling is now very much fragmented into creatives probably doing things that are non-creative, non-creatives doing things that should be creative, sports people doing things that they shouldn't be doing <laughs> because they're in the wrong region of the country yeah, or they're yeah, not... Yeah. They're, it gets it gets worse because unless you're with a mentor that you relate to, then it's a tragedy. And you've experienced it in life where you've got one teacher you just love and you get on well with it. It's, yeah, like, it's yeah. amazing. I love everything. I feel great when I when you meet another teacher. It's like, this is horrible. Like, the aura is like, and you think, God, I've got two years of this. And it is two years of this. It's horrible. So with technology, um, we have a better chance of training and educating and enlightening for sure. And I think schools will naturally change that way. Whether everybody wants to be rich and an entrepreneur is not possible. And it shouldn't be deemed as a negative. It should be deemed as a good life. So, uh, you know, do I want to go and... Do I want to go and jump out of an aeroplane every day and, you know, go surfing every day um, at this age? Give it a good go. It might not be so comfortable, but that might be somebody's perception of living life and it's really fun. Do I want to go to a library and spend all my time learning about stuff? No, <laughs> I do like learning about stuff, not all day long. 
So I think that process is going to change with some kind of technology. So people will be given, kids will be given a chance to do whatever they want and not feel that they are victimised for what they enjoy. And I know I know a big part of that, and I know you were saying this earlier, is being being able to know yourself, right? And I think as as I was talking to you earlier, I was I was acutely aware of the fact that you know like what you what you what you like and what you enjoy and what you can and can't do. Like your ability to kind of look at yourself in the mirror and say, yeah, I, I where does that like I mean that that must have played a part in obviously your success so far, but where does that come from? Because you are very aware, aren't you, of what you can and can't do? Um, I th- maybe it's the uh, it's the um, outcome of a series of experiments with statistical outputs. But I get your point, though. Like it, you know, you 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 learn by doing, right? Like I often find that you know. Um, you'll know about this a lot is you are scared to go down a particular avenue because you're not sure whether it's going to work or not but you the 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 easy reaction is to not go down that avenue but actually you will you will that's the only way you'll learn you'll only learn by actually going down that road you might find a roadblock you might find an obstacle but then you then find another way around or whatever it is right but i guess in your case and i'm sure this happens in, in engineering as well right you know you'll you want to create a and on that road to creating a you have you hit a bunch of roadblocks but you find another way around it and i guess in that process you you, you learn you learn a lot more about yourself as a person right yes you, you, you can assume if you choose not to assume and do, life is a box of chocolates. You're never going to know what you're going to get next. There you go. <laughs> love it. So, love it. So back to old Forrest Gump. So being foolish and love inquisitive. It. So as uh, many a time, and I do it. It's daily for me. This is the daily. Um, we will assume an outcome for an engineering issue. Yeah or a marketing issue, or a psychological issue. Yeah. So psychological marketing and engineering, those are the three things I'm dealing with today, regularly. If we do this, it's not going to work. There's no data on that, or the data we have is a bit sketchy. Um, have we tried doing it? It, get, it, it? It's... The more you delve into it... Um, sometimes the answers that come back are quite breathtaking as in what you assumed couldn't happen can what you assume you need to do uh, it's a very elon musky thing is to in order to do what you want to do if you remove a couple of those steps a couple of those technologies then you get to where you need to go faster more efficiently and less costly and it's all round better because you did not just assume what other technologies or other systems are out there. Yeah. You decided to not be lazy and, and give it a good, good go and be a little bit foolish about it all. Yeah. Yeah. What about if you take that part out? Oh, 
it's faster, isn't it? It's lighter. That's what I mean, because, like, you know, I mean, you know, there must have been a bunch of people who said to you, Arash, you're really going to create, you know, a friggin' 2080, whatever it is, brake horsepower that's going to do 0 to 60 in, like, whatever it is, seconds. And, like, I mean, I can't imagine the, 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 the number of times you or even other people around you might have thought, nah, that, that, that can't be done. <laughs> mm. a, a, a lot of the times was it can be done. We know it will work. But what are you going to get out of it? Or what are the consequences of that? Majority, once you get to that stage where um, you have this reputation of having a above 60% chance of success with certain things, then it, the questions are, but what will it do for the business or the technology? Mm, mm. What is it all about? And what other repercussions will you have? So we now could make a car with i don't know it could do something with five thousand horsepower with it you know now maybe a bit more with a combination of electric motors producing almost 650 kilowatts now with 15 kilos um plus a regen system plus a, a cold air jet system plus a petrol turbocharged thing <laughs> yeah you, you can get the numbers why the start. Yeah, what's you can do, do it yeah. you can do it the complexity is very high um and, and what's it what's what's the end game you, what, what what is it for, what are you going to do we can do you're going to sell 10 or five it's a lot of energy you've got to put in to make five Fabergé eggs or five Eiffel Towers is how we, we'd say it. What what is what is the what is the, the benefit? That's yeah. that's the sort of things I'm getting. So yeah, now yeah, it's yeah. kind of each one of those technologies can be worked separate. They don't have to be together. Um, which could be useful to society. Those are the sort of <laughs> sort of things I'm told yeah, yeah to consider what's, so now it's not big yeah. power what's been what what has been been key to your to your success arash uh i would say a very good team around our understanding uh patience and uh and and consistency Persistency is 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 useful, but you have to sort of draw a line if you're hitting against a brick wall. So where do you? I, I often struggle with this, Arash. Is like where do you? Um, how do you decide whether to keep going with something and whether to pivot and move away? Like what what is it that you kind of like? What what goes through your mind? Mm. 
it it will it will boil down to boil down to what is what is the benefit to the consumer or society that's really it yeah, yeah. so you look at um and we i love watching other people's core values so apple's core have you have you ever seen apple's core values no but there's a really good book called uh, principles by ray dalio who i love and he talks about the need for people and companies to have values and principles that we all that they abide by because because reading someone's values and principles or a company's values and principles can be so eye-opening mm, yeah yeah I would. The first one I heard about was the Johnson and Johnson's Credo. Right. Oh my god, this thing was like the longest manuscript. You couldn't really read it. It was on their wall everywhere. I didn't even bother reading it. It's an awful thing. And the the next big ones I was learning about was Steve Jobs's. So Apple employees. I know this because I hired Apple employees to tell me everything about Apple because <laughs> <laughs> I'm inquisitive. <laughs> They're lanyards. <laughs> If I want to know how an electric car works, I'll buy one and tear it apart. If you want to know how a rocket works, I'll study it. Because it's, you know, you've got to learn whatever people have done, right? It's like a history book. But in uh, it, it, the, the Apple guys wear a lanyard. It says their name. Like, hi, I'm Gary. Hi, I'm Bill. Hi, I'm Sheila. But inside there, there's a, there's a card which needs to be held close to their chest, which is their core values. And inside wow. there, the t- there are 10. The first one is, I can't remember. I, think, I, mean, I can pull it up on my computer. The first one is we, we, we are on this planet for a purpose. I think the other one is if, I think number eight is if we, if we get something wrong, we sh- it wasn't a very Steve Jobs thing. <laughs> if we get it wrong, you're a fool, you're fired. <laughs> But number eight was like, if we get it wrong, we should admit that we got it wrong and not dwell on it and move on. And that's so on Steve Jobs. But <laughs> really, that's, that's really on Steve Jobs. Yeah. So, so from the movies, the books, and you know, yeah, and, I've seen them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the other one, he's one of their values is um, we say no to thousands of things and only say yes to things that matter. Mm. Um, the other one is. Uh, I can't remember. I, I, I did study them because I was having to do them for one of the companies I was running and we couldn't decide what the core values were. I said, let's have a look at apples, shall we? What would Arash Farboud's like, top three values be? Oh, uh, my, uh, what, in, in general society? Or yeah, general, like, like general? You, you as a person. Me as a person, oh my gosh! Um, uh, <laughs> it's, prob- it's, it's probably to be very inquisitive, uh, uh, to be persistent, and do something useful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those are probably the best. The best advice I could tell anybody is like do something that's useful by being persistent, but you have to be a little bit inquisitive about things. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> so pretty being, good. I like it. <laughs> I write it down. 
put it put it put it on a um, on a on a lanyard and you can uh, you can wear that yes the Irish one persistent useful and um uh, and inquisitive uh, I do like the Mark Twain um, thing which is I can't remember one of his sayings it's like you know do something and be inquisitive don't worry about it whatever yeah, the outcome yeah, yeah. it doesn't matter you deal with it later on and I've done that loads of times it's like come up with an idea come up with a technology just go with it you're going to get backfires from it because obviously people are a bit worried about you succeeding or, or upset a market sector or it's not possible and I've always said that to teams it's like they say oh what you know that didn't work that didn't work that didn't work I didn't like that I felt bad about doing that that person got upset and I always say at the end of the, that discussion but what happened if it did and it did turn to 48 degrees rather than 28 degrees that you were talking about. And you did manage to get something to perform at a higher revolution speed that you couldn't really fathom. And that person said yes to the contract that you wanted to go for. Then what? It usually blows their minds to go, I never looked at it that way. Well, what happens if they said yes? Then what would you do? What happens you know what? It? It's it's so true. It's so true. Yeah, and something, something. I mean, this sounds quite random, but I'm going to just put it out there. You you have this thing where you will literally, as you said, you will rip out a Tesla from and 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 to understand how it all works. Just to clarify for those that are listening, um, you're not an engineer, are you? But you have this. But you've you've actually like you've actually managed to somehow self-educate in in some way like how how a car actually physically like how an engine actually ends up turning wheels and the car moves forward um i find that pretty pretty phenomenal man it's just it just hit me now like at no point have you mentioned that you're an engineer no i'm not an engineer i'm a trained i was trained as a geneticist and a businessman Bloody university if that's not if that's not evidence to anyone who's listening that you can do whatever you want you can do whatever you set your mind this my my washing machine broke downstairs could i be bothered to go and buy a new washing machine they're quite heavy so for a laugh i watched a youtube video on how to repair a washing machine <laughs> <laughs> and you know what i did i did it to take the bearing so basically washing machines normally they fail on two things the circuit board because it's old but they're easy to buy a new one or the drum it's got a bearing in it that bearing basically the water seeps through it and it, it upsets so when your washing machine breaks it goes yeah. rum, rum, rum. it sounds like a, you know it's nick yeah. anyway so i stripped this washing machine down cleaned it all up wife's like what the hell's going on i'm, so, I'm doing an experiment <laughs> knocked out the bearing ordered a new one from parts co whatever appeared popped the new one in do i know how to repair washing machines yes because i took one apart that is is brilliant and i cheated by watching a youtube video which could have been in the olden days should we say a book on how to repair a washing machine so the reality is this fax machine or fax this printer next to me this keyboard this pen has been designed by somebody for mass production. So you think you can't take it apart? You can, because somebody put it together. And they've, done it, they've put it together in a way that it's mass production. 
So have you always been like that. Crush. Have you always been that kind of inquisitive person? Yes. My son was taking apart a uh, a pen that had a light on it with a skull and arms, and he was unscrewing. I said, "That's really good. You keep doing that. Take anything else you like apart." Because my dad did it for me. He said, "Look, whatever you like, just here's a screwdriver. Take it apart." Because I wanted to know what was inside it. He got a bit upset about his camera. But... <laughs> <laughs> I think you put it back together again. I guess so, you didn't. Um, I guess you didn't take apart your dad's uh, S class and uh, try and. Um, <laughs> no, I just kept that clean. I was always, I was always very good with. Nah, he didn't. He never had. Um, he he was never. Um, uh, he was never possessive over anything. That was a good value. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His value was over creating useful things and wealth for society and and family and people around him and controlling it so there was no arguments he was very good at that so that's a lot about that um that's a different psychology to a uh uh, but he was very creative as well but i think i think he bought he bought home a a car i'll never forget that a car that made flashing noises and siren and I played with that for a bit, and then obviously I took it apart to see how it worked. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> I don't think it ever went back together again. Oh, um, God. Yeah, no. I still think... Uh, but it was really good. It was one of those ride-on toys, and he was an electrical engineer, and he got his friend to make a circuit board with lights and switches that worked for a little bit. That's I was always amazing. interested. A Lego is the best thing, because, you know, you can take it apart. Yeah that together again. yeah yeah uh, yeah i mean i've heard i've heard amazing stuff about kids imagination going wild with lego and how it can be a fantastic gateway to exploring your your creative side um it's such a good point um i guess uh finally for those that are listening um arash for those who want to find you and learn more about what you're about and and, and your company where can they find you just type in a rash, I think. Let me try it. <laughs> what comes up nowadays? Am I number two or number one on the list now? This is the race between me and the singer. I've met him a few times. Have you met, have you met him? He's brilliant. Yeah, he's very good. Yeah, he's very popular in um, in the Eastern European countries. That's right. Like yeah. yeah, the first thing that comes up is Arash, Iranian Swedish singer. Damn. Then it's Irish cars, and then after that is says let's have a look. Let's do Google search. Type in a rash, and I yeah you can find me on most most platforms: Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Yeah, he beats me to it. <laughs> he's number one. Arash, he's number two with Instagram and Spotify. Then music irish.com oh i'm not that good then <laughs> I, i'm not gonna lie i mean i, I think it was andy who mentioned you mentioned uh, you mentioned you to me and he said um he said mo you've got to speak to arash and i was like the singer <laughs> and he was like no 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 no. he makes he makes cars i'm like oh right okay cool okay <laughs> yeah no we always we uh, in my early days i used to compete for the google top spot <laughs> When uh, when we were delivering a car and making a car, it, it'd be me one, and then the singer would do more than, than me. And we always look at the Google ratings. As as it was, um, yeah, he's quite high up now. I'm, I'm not 
on um, page two. You know, and might get better with all the metaverse stuff that we're doing now, and um, all the car stuff's interesting at the moment. Uh, uh, yeah, just type in Arash car. I'll, I'll, you can find me there. Um, there's there, there's a lot of famous Irish people, it seems. All right, I'm <laughs> down there now. Honestly, yeah, it, might, um, it might it might pick up again. But yeah, if you type Irish car, you can see uh, you've got the website where I'm on most media. My Instagram um, uh, is is quite popular. You know, um, uh, the my, my personal Instagram is more about Aracom, which is the uh, digital frontier which is the metaverse and car games and experiences, NFTs and the blockchain, which I, I did this year and last year. But that will probably be passed on to our founders. So I think they'll be continuing that, that journey um, and I'll help with the ideas. But I think I'm, I think they want to, they want to continue it. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I've yeah. got too many ideas. Can we just like stick with the thirty-five that we've done <laughs> and, and grow them out? So uh, I'm going to help them get that going. Um, which says Aracom, Aracom me, and it, that's quite that's growing quite quite a lot. Um, and that's got uh, the city. That's a metaverse city, and really, it's about bringing people together, advertising games in this sort of world of fantasy, which is what I love. Um, so that's, that's, that's quite good. Um, and then there's, uh, yeah, the car company is going to start getting a little bit hotter um, with, with uh, the new models coming out. So I can't wait. I can't wait. It's super exciting. Honestly, um, Arash, I wanted to say thank you so much uh, for your incredibly uh, <laughs> valuable time. Honestly, I've, I, I I think I've laughed pretty much for ninety-five percent of this. Um, I might have peed myself a few times as well. Uh, thank you so much. It's been it's been amazing, man. Really, really appreciate it. Cool. Thanks for doing. Thanks for having me on. Not at all.